Hello and welcome to the Digital Leaders of Tomorrow podcast with me, Tyrone Stewart. This podcast is aimed at providing a platform for the future leading voices of the digital advertising, marketing and media industry, as nominated by the industry's current leading lights. We'll discuss the normal industry topics, but we'll also get to know the people and put a spotlight on some of the more sensitive talking points. For our first episodes, we'll be chatting to a few of the winners from our 2023 NDA Heroes Awards. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome this year's AdTech Collaborative Champion and my first ever guest onto the microphone. Thank you. Um, I'm Yesterday, Yesterday LOIA. Um, I currently work at ShareThrough as a Senior Revenue Operations Manager. And thank you for having me. No worries. How are you feeling about being the first ever guest on the podcast? I'm excited. Cool. So can you tell us a little bit more about like what your job title is and you know what the role actually encompasses? Um, I work on the supply side of the ecosystem and my role involves me managing a portfolio of um, publisher partnerships, primarily focused in the um, EMEA market. Oh, brilliant. So kick things off quite simply, you know, how did you actually get into your current role and advertising in general? So how I got into advertising is quite interesting. I think I'm one of the few people in the industry that can say somebody in in my uh, family understands what my job is. Uh, I got through, I got into the industry through my older sister. When I was at uni, my sister started working in advertising and yeah, I kind of just did the little sister thing and followed in her footsteps. Lucky for some. My family still don't know what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And also you mentioned that your sister. So I want to talk a little bit about your background as well. Uh, Mentioned how that helped you get into the industry. So unlike most people, you understood kind of what you were getting into. Yeah. Was it a shock when you actually did get into it though? Or were you like, oh no, this is fine? Um... No, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a shock because my sister was already in the industry. In the industry, I kind of knew what to expect. I had also met quite a few of the friends that she had met um, working in ad tech. Um, so I wouldn't say it was a shock. The shock probably came from learning more about the industry and realizing I know nothing about this industry and not understanding what I was learning uh, for a long time. But yeah, that was probably the biggest shock. Well, there are people who've been doing this for a very long time who don't know. <laughs> One of my good industry friends, I'm not going to name, uh, once told me in confidence while he was drunk that he still doesn't know <laughs> what he does yeah. after 20 years. So, yeah. you know, we, we, most of us don't know what we're doing. We just get through it. So what, you know, really like interests you about the advertising and marketing space? Um, I think I love that it's so vast and there are so many different parts to it. Um, you can never know everything. Just like basically what you're saying is it's impossible to know everything because there's so much going on. And that is really what interests me because I am an extremely, extremely curious person. I've been curious since I was a child. So working in an industry where there is so much to learn and that I wouldn't and knowing that I will never be able to know everything, it, it, it's, it's, it's really what kind of fuels me. Wasn't that curiosity, I guess, before you got into this, how did that curiosity feel, fuel you, I guess, growing up? before you realised advertising is what I want to do? So growing up, I was always asking questions, um, always asking why. I would find that I would get kind of obsessed with certain topics and I'll spend quite a long time 
trying to find out everything I could know about that topic and then I'll find a new obsession. So I was constantly learning and constantly trying to almost acquire as much information as possible, which, you know, my sister used to always say, just, it's enough, like, put your phone down or stop. Like, just, it's too too much information is, is not great, but that's just something that I just had that need to just learn more and more. Um, when it came to trying to understand what I was going to study at university. My mum was the one that said to me yesterday, you should study philosophy because you are always asking why. And that is the the type of topic that's very much suits you, who you are and how your mind works. So yeah, that's that's how it kind of, my, how my curiosity, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to like, you mentioned studying philosophy there, like how does it tie into what you do in, in the world of advertising? Um, so philosophy is really the, it's the study of knowledge, it's the study of us asking why things are the way they are and why, uh, we know what we, questioning what we know and if it, if what we know to be true is true. In advertising, especially with what I do, it's important to constantly ask why and to constantly understand why the, uh, a particular trend is, is, is how it is you we we work with algorithms and we it's important that we constantly look at how the algorithms are working because that is what helps us do what we do better um so so i did mention in the intro we are going to talk about some more sensitive topics <laughs> so i know when i guess get into those a little bit we've spoken about the interests and stuff and getting into advertising uh when you first was having that entry point from your sister obviously helped but getting into the industry were there any challenges initially that you faced i think that because i got into advertising through my sister i i'm lucky in the sense that it meant that some of the challenges that i think other black women might face i maybe didn't have to face as much um when I think of the fact that maybe some black women wouldn't have anyone to to use as a, as, as a mentor or to be able to find somebody um, to be a mentor that looked like them. I had one, you know, in my family because my sister looks like me and, and does what I do. So it meant that I, you know, straight away had someone to go to for guidance and um, support. It also meant that I had somebody that looked like me um, to use as an example of what I could achieve and to see what is possible. Uh, so I think that I'm very privileged in the sense that the fact that I got through, I got into the industry through my system meant that I'm coming into it with a lot of support and guidance, which I think a lot of people in, in my position wouldn't have had. Saying that, um, it definitely has had its challenges. I think one of the, the biggest challenges I've had to face is learning to um, navigate spaces where there aren't that many people that look like me. I remember just a few years ago, probably just outside of, out, like, out of COVID, I went to an industry event, a really popular one. And um, I remember looking around the room and noticing that I was one of two black women in this room. And there were so many, it was, it was a huge event. And it any industry event can be overwhelming, but you know, there's an extra layer of um, difficulty when you look around and you don't see anyone that that looks like you. Um, 
after the event, I actually remember speaking to my manager and, and mentioning to her that, you know, I was what, what I noticed. And she said something that was really interesting and something that I, I really appreciated what she said because it did make me think. But she said to me um, that if I wasn't there, then there would have just been one. So that's why it's important that I am there because that's how, you know, we start to see more diverse faces in these crowds. So there are definitely challenges because we know that it's not the most diverse industry and and that definitely comes with 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 its challenges um but i also think that it's important um to recognize that my experience might be very different from another black woman um in the industry simply because i'm black and i'm a woman but i also come from a middle class background another woman who might be you know also black and and, and, and a woman but come from a working class background might have a completely different experience to me and who, who knows I don't know maybe you might ha- find it a lot more difficult so I think it's really important that um, I acknowledge the the different layers of my identity and um, we acknowledge as a as a industry how those layers intersect and and um, have both negative and positive um, impacts on a person's experience. Yeah, well, it's very. I knew we were going to get deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I had a similar uh, discussion with a, a black woman in the industry. This must have been six months ago. Yeah. Now we're at an industry event, and I've known her for many, many years. And she said, "Look around. Yeah. We're still the only two black people in this room." Yeah. Um, and for there are obviously so many initiatives and stuff, and it's not just black people, Asian people, any people of color. Hundred percent. Um, there's going to be initiatives trying to like increase diver- well, diversity yeah. um, but I see fully my opinion yeah. but I just believe a lot of the actions in the industry are very performative yeah I think that for me it kind of goes back to what I was saying about um, the different layers of a person's identity and every, all, most of the DE&I D- initiatives that I've you know um, heard about or the workshops that I've joined in the companies that I've been um, working at it's been workshops on microaggression so looking at race and then another workshop looking at um, gender and then an- another workshop looking at or talking about sexuality these look all these these workshops they explore the topic of diversity as if our identities and the, the parts that make up our identity are, are separate but that's not how we navigate the world I don't come into any space as just a woman. I'm all. I would always go into a space as a black woman, and we have to. Um, I think for the E9 initiatives to really make an impact, we have to start looking at uh, the topic of diversity and inclusion in a lot more complex way because it is a very complex topic. Do you think, in your opinion, do you, do you believe uh, that the way that happens is by including more? people of colour in the conversation of building these initiatives? I think it's including not only people of colour, but people understanding that, okay, if you have a room and yes, you have, um, you know, yes, I mean, a good place to start is to have more people of colour in a room, but it's also to have more people of colour that um, are 
women, more people of colour that are neurodiverse, more people of colour from working class backgrounds. We have to really look at the different groups. Because I think if you don't do that, you start, what 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 is the risk? And what usually happens is a massive group of, of people that come under that identity are, are kind of forgotten. So we have to start looking at not just the kind of external markers of identity like race and gender, but also class, also um, how a person's brain works, also re- uh, religion. It, 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 it's more than just, you know, the very obvious ones of people of color or of race or, or more women in a room. Yeah, I oh, 100% agree. There is also a massive issue in this industry when it comes to like said, class yeah. issues. Um, it's awkward people from like the north of England it's very much southern people who are in this industry as well those kind of things so yeah so there are many many layers to it and we're not going to be able to, to get there through all of that in a, in a 20 minute conversation so we've done the deep part <laughs> so I want to get into like a uh, uh, come towards like a more positive like guess conclusion as well uh with these challenges that you've you've overcome or are still facing, etc., what achievements have you you managed and you're proud of in the face of these things? So I was just really proud to be nominated for the award. Um, it came as a surprise to me, and and when the uh, Vanessa and our marketing team reached out and told me that I had been nominated, I was that for me was already an achievement. Um, so I would say just that nomination because. It was for me an acknowledgement um, from the people that I work closest with um, that they know that, you know, I am really dedicated to what I do and I do enjoy what I do. And um, so, yeah, I would say that is probably the biggest achievement, just that nomination alone. Obviously winning it <laughs> was just the, the cherry on top, but the nomination, I remember I felt like I, I wasn't a high for a week after when, when I found out I was nominated. How's it feel that? Obviously, it wasn't. It was people you know. Obviously, you did vote for you. Obviously, but then obviously other people would have had to vote as well. And you initially got shortlisted uh, by a judging team of, like I said, the, the leading voices that I mentioned earlier in my introduction. How does that feel to be like recognised as as this podcast is about as a voice of the future and someone who people are looking at and saying this person has a lot of talent and she's going places. I mean, it feels amazing. <laughs> it, it definitely. Um encourages me to to continue to work hard and to do what I'm doing so on that point and it's continuing to work hard and doing what you're doing what do you see in the future you know what does the future hold for you in this industry or like do you have dreams outside of this industry that that you want to you know achieve I think because our industry moves so fast it's so hard to to say what I um think I'll be doing in the future because who knows what this industry will look like in the future uh, I do think that when it comes to what I enjoy uh, doing I've I've for a while I've always felt that maybe going into the, a more product um, role is maybe something that I might enjoy uh, just because every time that I've had to work with the product team, I really, really enjoyed it. And I feel like that's when I learned so much. So I think going down the product route is a possibility for me. Um, but I say this and I, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite fickle, so I could say something else tomorrow. 
but um but yeah I think I would also love to go into leadership it's not something that uh I initially wanted I think it's not something that I started in the industry and I was like oh I wanted to be I I, I want to be you know um go into a leadership team but I think as I've been in the industry for a while I think I've started to realize that it's a it is uh you can make really an impact and I I would love to be able to 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 help not help but you know make an impact and and see how I can you know make our industry even better cool well obviously I'm hoping that this this podcast helps you to to deliver on those those dreams and and make that impact so so we we spoke about some you know very uh important topics and 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 I like to generally help hope help <laughs> I genuinely hope this podcast helps you uh to you know like I said getting to that leadership position and use that leadership to you know spread the message and make our industry even better than it is well depending not everyone who's listening is going to think it's that good but <laughs> you know I hope the people listening do think it's good so on that note I would just like to say thank you to you for joining me today thank you for having me oh and thank you everyone for listening